is that a couple thousand years separated from that, it really is dark. It really is a world that's just gone kind of crazy. Make up your own rules. Make up your own regulations. You know, just, just act in whatever foolish way you want to. And, and, and as long as you have enough money or enough weapons, who's going to stop you? Is this encouraging anybody? I'm not, I know you're going, where are you going with all this? I'm just trying to say that we are living in the last days. We are living in a time when it's not going to get better around you. It's going to get worse around you. You might as well just accept that idea. But that doesn't mean it has to be worse for you. Because you get to be in Christ. And Christ is in you, and you get to be a part of a select and chosen people who are lifted out of the darkness and placed into this marvelous light of a relationship with the Lord. You are, you're, you're taken from death, and you're made alive. Participant, that thing that we did today, that communion, uh, that's a wonderful telling phrase. We come into union with him. In today's word, that's the Christ life. Amen. It's the communion celebration. It's what he said. Do this as often as you get together and as often as you do this. Do this because you remember that we're a part of a relationship. You eat my flesh. You drink my blood. You become a part and partner with me. And everything that's in me is now available to be in you. That's the Christ life. That's what we're talking about. That's the first principle. He's alive, he's well, he's working, and he's going to work in anybody, everybody. He doesn't pick out the few, you know, uh, the only men, only women, only young people, only old people. No, 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 no. Whosoever will is who he works for. He calls to himself. And so we enter into this relationship, and we understand that, that, that we have an arena of relationships with the precious people that God loves and cares for. And so we seek to minister, and we do it with love that drives us and moves us, and it, it gives us this urgent, compassionate kind of, ooh, ooh, we just want to share Jesus with you because this is so exciting. And here's the truth. Some people will listen. Thank God. You know, some of you are like wearing yourselves out on the people who don't. Can I say this to you again? I'm not saying don't share with them because you never know what might turn them around. Pray for them diligently. Don't accept that they're just lost. Do battle in the name of Jesus. Amen. Go after them. Fight for them in the good Chi Alpha phrase. Fight for them. But here's the reality. There's also tons of people who will respond. So share with everyone everywhere every day. Amen. I just want to remind you that as we close this series, my, uh, my personal life statement for all of these years has been to completely cooperate in the Christ life, impacting everyone everywhere every day, because I just think that's the reality of it. And so uh, this is what we're called to. This is what we have been studying about. This is what we've been learning about and kind of leaning into. And, and when you get these five Bs, I mean, these five foundational principles into your life, that, that you, you begin to believe them. You, you literally uh, not only believe them well, but you, in fact, kind of become something. You are changed by them. Last week, we talked about that. How many of you have been morphed a little bit since you met Jesus? Come on, you've been changed a little. Maybe your face doesn't look different. Maybe it does. 
Seriously, maybe it does. Maybe you were that, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, everything's bad. Everything's, uh, woe is me. Maybe you're the Eeyore type. I don't know. But, but the reality is it, he changes us. We are changed from experience to experience, from revelation to revelation, from uh, an experience where we're kind of going, God, I really need you to show up. And then he does. Because he's actually, what he does is actually shows you that he never left. He doesn't kind of show up. He sort of wakes you up. Is that a better way to understand it? I go, where were you? I've been right here the whole time. I lost it. I forgot it. I, I did. I lost touch with it. And so this is the morphing, changing process that takes place in us. God doesn't change. He doesn't need to. Amen. So when you come into a relationship with God, honey, there's going to be changes made, but they're not going to be made in God. They're going to be made in you. They're going to be made in me. And so we become more and more and more like the Lord Jesus. And that actually then uh, touches into how we behave. And the behavior part of this, this behave piece that we're talking about today, this last one, is, is literally kind of a picture of how we look to the world. Now, there are so many scriptures that we could deal with on this one, but I just want to take a few, if you don't mind, because the issue of of working out your salvation, of, of doing something about it, uh, of activities, of, uh, uh, of uh, actions that, that we declare the presence and the power of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 2, let's start there. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, which, by the way, it's kind of a set of verses that people use to say it's not about works. The whole truth of Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 is it's all by grace through faith, and it doesn't have a thing to do with works. That's really not quite true. We're going to read this, because here's what it says. Uh, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, this grace, is not a result of your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is not a result of works, so that no one may boast, because we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. So in other words, God has set up the future with an idea that you are going to work out your salvation. You are going to live out in obedience and becoming and the compassion and the grace and the giftings of God will begin to work in you so that you become ever increasingly more like Christ. And it becomes so conspicuous that your family members see it, that, you, that your, your, your workmates see it, that your roommates, if you're a collegiate, see it, that the people that you fellowship with or that are a part of your circle of influence, they begin to see these things. Even your enemies start to see that there's a change in what happened to you. And we get to say, I'm in Christ, and Christ is in me. And so this is the life that we live. Now, if you don't think that matches uh, the ministry of Christ, you need to just look with me at Matthew chapter 5. I take this right from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, one of the first kind of declarations that the Lord makes about His ministry and life and the impact of it. And in verse 14 of chapter 5, He says this, you are the light of the world. Did you get that? We, we know He's the light of the world, but He says, you 
You are the light. Tell somebody nearby, I'm a light. Amen. You are the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill, not to be hidden. So here's the idea. Stealth Christianity, secret discipleship, eh, wrong answer. This is conspicuous Christ life. This is in public with power for impact on people. That's why Jesus came. So uh, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So, and people don't light a lamp and then put it under a basket. They put it on a stand. Why? Because that's the purpose of the light, to light the house. And it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Isn't that awesome? You, they see your good work. They see the work of God going on inside of you. And instead of just deciding you're the coolest thing since sliced bread, you're absolutely awesome. You're just amazing. We worship you. They don't do that. They decide that can't possibly be Rex. Where did that come from? That has to be from another world what Nicodemus said about Jesus. Nobody could do the work you do if God wasn't with him. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. And these, are, these are just the last. These are three of the scriptures I could have used, out of literally thousands I could have used. But here's what it says in verse number 12 of 1 Peter chapter 2. Keep your conduct among Gentiles. That would, that would have been their code word for every unbelieving person. Keep your conduct among unbelieving people honorable, so that when they are tempted to speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. What that means is, you know, they, they tried to, uh, one of Nero's, literally, uh, it, it's a well-known historical fact that he kind of blamed the burning of Rome on Christians. And this was what launched and at least authorized this great persecution that could take place in the early century. And, and so, uh, you know, they're bad people, they're wicked people, they're horrible people. What Peter is saying, if you'll live the Christ life, I promise you, though they will hear the accusations against you, the people who know you, who look at you, who, who watch your behaviors, they will say, you must be talking about somebody else. Amen. Why? Because I know Alice Skoman. She wouldn't do that. I know Alicia. She wouldn't do that. I know Chris. She wouldn't do that. I, some of them don't say that about Rex. He might do anything. But no, this is exactly what he's saying. He said, your behavior will shut the mouths of your accusers. And they will not only be shut-mouthed about your behaviors because they are so righteous, but they will begin to associate the righteousness that is in you as having come from your relationship with God. Are you with me? So here's, here's the big connect piece on, the, on behaving as a righteous person. We are to be the evidence that God is at work in the world in and through our lives.
How many of you know God has called us to be a witness? But that doesn't just mean what you say. Being a, wit being a witness includes what you are, how you live, how you act. So that when you say to somebody, I would never do that, they agree, no, you would never do that. Why? Because this is not a part of Christ. This is not the reality of how the Christ of God is working in and through my life. And so we are called to live and move and act and serve and love and give in such a way that everybody around us sees Christ in us. They're not going to pick up a Bible, but they're going to be assaulted by a living Bible. Amen. They're not going to read the Word, but they are going to clash with and interface with the Word because the Word of Christ is alive in me, and I am moving in relationship with them in Jesus' name. Do you get that? This is the reality of it. Acts chapter 4, I just do have one other scripture I kind of have to share with you. Acts chapter 4 is such a good scripture. Uh, I love it in the original language. Let me read it first to you from uh, the ESV. In Acts chapter 4, the, a couple of the apostles had been arrested for a healing that took place. You get power, go public. Live an impactful life. So they got power, they went public, and a man was healed in the market area, in the marketplace, actually in the temple area, uh, just outside the temple area at the gate, and then the, the whole melee of it spills into the temple, and everybody is excited about what's going on, and so they are called to account to have to answer for this, and so they did answer. They said, it's because Christ is in us. It's not us. It's, it's not, whoa, we're all of that in a bag of chips. Jesus is alive. You thought you got rid of him. Y'all crucified him. That's their Texas version of it. Y'all crucified him, but that didn't work. God raised him from the dead. God, he's ascended into the heavens. He has poured out the spirit that is on us and in us, and this is Christ, and it's his name and the power of his name that has given this man health and healing in the presence of all y'all. Again, we're Texas people, so we get that. And here's what they said. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that, that would be the Pharisees looking at them, their opponents looking at them. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. You get that? They looked at these guys and they said, wow, not because of them, when they looked at them, they said, what? And the what went to a wow. Why? Because these are agramatos idiotes. That's the Greek phrase, by the way. I know some of you are already going, he called them idiots? Well, idiotes is, is really, a, it, it, we get our word idiot from it. But in, in Greek vernacular, it's really about commoners. It's about plain people. It's about untrained people. And so these are agramatos, they are unlearned, they're unschooled, they're unlettered, they're not the graduates of someone's great training program, they're the unlettered commoners. But, but they saw the boldness, and, and in their hearts and spirits, they were, here's what it says, astonished. They went from what? To wow. 
wow. And then they had these little conference meetings. What are we going to do with these guys? It's really, you know, they're really getting popular. And here's the big problem. I mean, I can't explain what's happened to them other than they've been with Jesus. Amen. That's a great explanation. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. Deal with it. Amen. This is the ministry that they had. And so they watched him. They were astonished by this. And they couldn't say anything against it, not just because of the change that happened in them, but by the power that had flowed through them. Because they had the lame man who for years had been recognized by everybody who went into the temple because he begged for alms. And you know how annoying beggars can be. How they want to be seen. And so they knew him. But this wasn't him. This guy was walking and talking and praising God for his healing blessing in his life. And he was clinging to these, this Peter, this John, this, these guys. Why? Because they lived Christ by the power of the Spirit of God and changed his world. So this is the reality of what God has called us to. God wants you to be a wow to the world. Amen. He doesn't want you to be some weirdo. Because weirdos only get the what of the world. What? What? And the more weird you are, the more what you get. Is anybody with me on this? Yeah. We want to be the wow of the world. Really, God wants you to live and move in such a powerful way that people see Christ in you and they experience Christ through you. The morphing, the change, the holiness, the generosity, the love, the compassion, the grace, uh, the virtues of God that are in you that have changed you from a foul-spirited, nasty, selfish person to this person of, of generosity and kindness and sweet-spiritedness and, and honoring other people, even the wicked people. You, you just treat them all with this loving grace from Christ. And then as, as if that weren't enough, to have to explain away, now you have power. Now you speak to people who are demon-possessed, and the demons go from them. Now you speak to people who are, who are lame by the gate, and, and speaking to them, you, you touch them in the power of the Spirit of God, and He gives them legs where they didn't have anything but bone. I mean, that's a creative miracle there, you know. If you've ever seen anybody that's never walked, they don't have muscles. They have bone and skin just kind of draped on it. But if he leaped up and stood, I promise you that the miracle touched his whole musculature. And somewhere between grabbing him and lifting him up, the power of God touched him. And he leaping up stood with fresh new legs. And everybody said, oh, okay. Are you kidding? Everybody said, wow, <laughs> amen. Everybody's like, wow, what, 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 what is that? But they weren't saying, what is that? Because it's so weird. They were saying, what is that? Because it's so wow. And this is the reality. This is where we come. God, pour out the fire and we'll sweep up the ashes. Amen. God, show up and show forth. And then we'll speak out about who you are and how you are and why you're right here and how you want to save to the uttermost everybody who will come to God by Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. This is what we do. We behave in this kind of way. And so as we grow into this, a, a disciple behaves in three ways.
The first is that a disciple behaves as a model. Now, I don't mean, you know, that, that it's really interesting when you see them with like these 22-inch heels. That they can do that is a massive skill. It is. I, I just, I, I look at that and I go, wow. But that's not what we're talking about when we talk about model. We're talking about looking like Jesus. You are a model. A, a clay, remember the morphing? The morphing process? Here's, here's the idea. It's an active process. And here's what happens. We take clay and we put it on an already existing image and we press it on there. We morph it. We pinch it down. We push it on. And then they cut it around the edges and they pull it apart. And then they pour the whatever the, the thing that they're making into that. And when they put it back together, it is the perfect image of the thing. Why? Because it's associated with the thing. This is the morphing process. Christ is alive in us. And so we are modeling both the life and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where do you get these ideas? From Jesus? Where do you get this power? From Jesus? Where do you get this patience? From Jesus? Amen. Where do you get this holiness? Oh, I just, I'm just really tough. I'm just really pure. <laughs> Come on. How many of you know it ain't in you? Well, it's not from you, but he will be in you. Christ alive in us, moving this hope of glory. So we behave as ministers of the life and the love, uh, I mean models of the life and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also behave as ministers. And what I mean by that is that we need to understand that ministry is just what we've said it is. It is not standing behind a pulpit, preaching sermons or singing songs from a platform or any of these things. It is representing, representing what Christ is and is doing in and through your life every day, everywhere, with everyone, in the circles of relational influence in which you travel. That is your arena for ministry. And what do you do? You serve the Lord. That's what a minister is. I want to be a minister of Christ, which means I have to get a paycheck and be a speaker. Eh, wrong answer. I want to be a minister of Christ. That means you have to serve. Serve what? Serve Jesus up to people. Love people the way Christ loves them. Honor them the way Christ honors them. Care for them the way Christ cares for them. Amen. Minister to them the Christ and the glory and the blessing of God's eternal plan for their lives. So we behave as a minister. We bring the Christ life to everybody in our circles of influence by seeking to save and serve everyone. How do you serve a person who's dying of cancer? Well, the best first way to serve them is heal them. Amen. In the name of Jesus, curse the cancer that it dies in them. But you better quickly follow that with the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because to save them from the specter of death without the guarantee of eternal life through Christ is a total failure. I don't know why we sometimes say, well, this one got healed, hallelujah, and this one went home to be with Jesus, oh, so sad. Are you kidding me? If this one went home to be with Jesus, I don't know about you, but that ain't sad. I'm not going to say, oh, they'll never get sick again. Amen. 
But, but we want to live and move as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We also then, we serve as, and, and we behave as members of the body of Christ. This is an important one because I think uh, as we learn to live and move with God, uh, we have to learn our limitations. I think the great theologian, Dirty Harry, said it this way. Some of you don't even remember who Dirty Harry is. Some of you do. Ask an old person if you don't know who that is. Man's got to know his limitations. But here's the reality. I'm not the whole body of Christ. I don't need to be the whole body of Christ. I don't have every gift. I don't need to have every gift. I don't have every skill and every revelation. I don't need to. In fact, I'm not troubled by the things I don't know. I'm far more troubled by the things I do know. This truth that God is giving you is going to be a troubling truth to you if you intend to walk on a pathway of selfishness. Because Christ alive is going to go, uh-uh, no, I bought you. I bought you. Remember Billy's boat? I built you, and I bought you. You're twice mine. Amen. And so we get to, we get to move as, as a part of the body of Christ. We get to, how does the body part find its function? The head directs it. We're all doing the will of God, but that's the beauty of it. Whatever Luis is doing uh, in, in obedience to the Lord, I don't have to say, oh, I've got to go do that. But I pray for him. I pray for his success. I pray for his blessing, just like he does for me, for mine. And as we live and move as ministers in the body of Christ, and, and we understand that we're a part of the, this membership, we're, we're just all a part of Jesus, then we, we begin to discover how he uses us best why we have certain compassion for certain things. Some of you, yeah, I, there's a person in this house who just will go nameless. She's a wonderful, uh, sweet-spirited saint of God who serves in so many capacities. But she has this heart burden for uh, young pregnant women without a whole lot of places to go. And so just, you know, just this grows out of her heart. She now has vision for a ministry that will literally sweep into, I think, hundreds, if not thousands, of families. And, and, and it's beautiful to see. And it's not all yet there, but I've got, I've got to tell you, the seed of it is there. The heart of it is there. I couldn't do that. You probably couldn't do that. Might, you might not even think you would do that. But there's a part of the body of Christ functioning and ministering and moving by the power of the Spirit of God. So what do we do? We rejoice with them that rejoice. And we weep with them that weep. We're part of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not the whole thing. Come on, somebody just take a deep breath and just say, thank God. Thank God. I got to be everything to everybody all the time. No, you don't. But you've got to be on call. You got to be on point. You got to be on task. And your task is to serve, to behave as a member of the body of Christ as a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as a model of what the life and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ looks like. So then what do we do? How do we, how do we go about this? Well, you embrace the Christ life calling. That's the first thing. Musicians can come back if they're not here yet. It's time. You embrace the Christ life calling. What do I mean by that? I mean, you start to live and move with these five fundamentals. I wanted to have a, big, a piece of paper for you today that lists them all out. The five fundamentals and the, the, the three Bs in each category, believe, become, behave. I don't have that piece of paper. I'm going to bring them next week. I actually have the pieces of paper. I just don't have a copier that we can do it with. So 
I apologize for that. But embrace this. Get into it. Just, you know, if how many of you believe, with every head up and every eye wide open, how many of you believe these truths are universal, fundamental? They are not assemblies of God truths. They're not only Pentecostal truths. They're not, you know, they're not super holiness truths. They're just the truth of the gospel of God. Come on, wave your hand around if you believe this. Look around the room. See, you're, you're among friends. We all believe this. So Christ is calling you to live in him and have him live in you. Alive and well and working in you in your circles of relationship by the power, the presence and the power of the living Christ through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so, so what are you going to do with that? You got to do something. You got to start now. And so what do I do? Engage. Every person I see now, I engage in the name of Jesus. I see them in the name of Jesus. I see them through the plan of Christ. And so I don't say, oh, I'm only responsible to this one or that one. I'm responsible to everybody. Everywhere. Yeah, every day. <laughs> I heard it. And so, so what do you do? If you know God's called you, you jump in. So you engage. You embrace the Christ's life calling. And then you embark on the adventure. And make no mistake, I've been living this way or at some version of this way. I've been Let me say it better because I don't want you to think, wow, he has it all figured out. You'll never, if you think you're going to figure out Christ, good luck, Charlie Brown. Because honestly, around the next corner, he's just going to do something amazing, and you're going to go, I. Somebody's going to say, wow. And one of the first people that's going to say, wow, is you. I believe that about the gate beautiful and the, and the lame man. I, I, I think that was a wow moment first for Peter and John. They're walking up there and, you know, just hey, going to prayer, love Jesus, how exciting this is, mm, what's going to happen to us today? And here's the guy begging for alms, and they looked at him, and they looked at their pockets, and they couldn't find any money, and they thought, ah, we would have given him something, except we don't have any stuff to give him. And then the Spirit of the Lord just said, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. This is his day. This guy's day to walk. Can you, can, well, you what? What? Peter, John, did you get what I get? Yeah. Okay, look at us. I love, look at us. Look to the Lord, brother. Trust God. Oh, out there, up there, maybe over there. Mm, find the right formula. Shuffle it off. No, no, no. Look at us. We don't have silver. We don't have gold. So your plan A to get money out of us today is pretty much dead. But God has a plan A. And God's plan A is that today you will walk. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And the guy sat there, stone-faced, looking at them like, that's weird. Why? Because have you looked at what I have down here? Bone and flesh. And they knew that. And so they reached down together and they grabbed him by the arms and pulled him up off the ground. And in the process of touching and pulling him up off the ground, the power of the Spirit of God touched this man and his flesh grew, his muscles grew. He leaping up stood. And by that time, he didn't have to go, what? He was now moved into, wow. Wow! Woo! Woo! And the crowd went, what? Wow! 
Woo! Amen. How many of you think God is the same? Christ is the same. Yesterday, forever, and today. And if he ever did it, he can do it now. If he ever used anybody, he can use you. So get involved. Get in. Get in moving. Embark on the adventure and finish strong. Whatever you've done with the years that are behind you, quite frankly, you can't go back and fix them. But from this moment forward, you can live and move by the power of the Spirit of the living Christ. You can take that communion that you were part of today and say, you know what? It's not just a cracker. It's not just a, a, a juice, a fruit of the vine. It's a real relationship with the living Christ of God who is in me and, and alive through me and in me. He's going to make himself known to the world in such powerful ways. So yes, yes, and amen. In Jesus' name. If you want to be one of those people, would you stand with me all across the house? I want to be one. I'm already standing. I know some of you are going, if I sit, everybody's going to look at me like I'm weird. Well, I, if you think it would be weird to not want this, good for you. Amen. Because this is the reality. He's called us to this. Now look around the room for just a second. Come on, look around. Don't go over spiritual on me here. Just look around the room. Paul says it this way when he writes to Corinthians. If you're looking for the mighty, the incredibly wealthy, the super smart, the can't-miss people, you ain't going to find them because we're not them. How many of you know, when they looked at Peter and John, they said, agramatos idiotes. They said they're not the sharpest tools in the shed. They're not the finest people that ever walked the face of the planet. But I am astonished because through them and in them, the power and the presence and the glory of God is flowing. And we can't do anything to stop it. So, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we say yes, 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 yes. Yes and amen. Let the fullness of the glory and the grace of the living Christ be manifest to us in us and through us so that we believe and we become and we behave ever increasingly more by the power of the Spirit of God. We move for the honor and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. We do what we do. We say what we say. We give what we give. We serve the way we serve because we believe you are doing it in and through our lives. So manifest your presence and your power, we pray more in our future than ever before in our history as we move in this Christ life truth. We believe you for it. We give you thanks for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody yelled, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.